Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome. To stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. Is it? Hey, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world. Thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate and review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. We appreciate it. Keep doing it. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Good afternoon, Billy. Good afternoon, Mikey A. Hello, how are you? Uh, I am doing good, Billy. Uh, we're very excited. We're going to have a legend on, Dale Earnhardt Jr., an absolute legend. Uh, but we recorded this, and we must inform the audience that we are going to start uh, with Dale Earnhardt Jr. in a place that I never thought we'd start, with Ned Yost. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised it started that way, too. But what happened was listening audience for those yes. wondering why it is that we start talking to Dale Earnhardt Jr. about Ned Yost. Uh, Dale Earnhardt like you do. Like, like one would naturally wonder. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has a podcast called the Dale Jr. Download and his guest right before recording with us was Ned Yost and we, you know, one thing led to another. We ended up starting a little bit later than we thought, and they told us it actually worked out great because he was eating because he ran long recording his podcast with Ned Yost today. And I was like, wait a minute. 
We love Ned Yost. Yes, this is did. incredible. Yeah. And then we had a we had a limited amount of time to be talking to Dale Jr. And we spent half of it talking about Ned Yost, probably. <laughs> I don't think we asked him a single racing question. <laughs> you know what? Listen and find out if we did. But I don't think we did. So if you like NASCAR, let us know. Yeah. You love NASCAR. This might not be the the Dale Jr. interview for you, but I think I think we might be friendly with Dale. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I I do. I think he's gonna uh, I think he's gonna be a regular on the show. I'm oh. very excited. I mean, perhaps one more appearance, but that's a regular. That's a friend of the show. If you get him for a second time, right? Yeah. That, by, by sports radio definition, if you get a guest the second time, he becomes a friend of the show, right? Yeah. I yeah. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I want Ned Yost. <laughs> wow. With Dale. We get the next best thing. A friend of Ned Yost, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Let's get to it. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh. Folks, gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How you doing, man? Man, things are good. Excellent. Uh, my producer tells me here, uh, Billy, that you were uh, just uh, recording a podcast with one Ned Yost who happened to come up on our show today. What's your relationship with Ned Yost? <laughs> well, dad, my dad and Ned were really, really good friends. Right. So um, they they were they hung out a lot away from uh, their jobs and um, hunting friends, spent a lot of time together. You know, just kind of talking about life, and he had a lot to share with us today. So it was pretty cool because um, most of the Dale Earnhardt stories, I've heard them. It's still fun to get people to come tell their side of that story 
but he had stories I'd never heard and he was around that and had that, you know, remember, he recalls like conversations that they had that are just fun to listen to because it's sort of a side of dad that, that not, not many of us get to see. Uh, Billy, do you want, uh, do you want Dale Earnhardt Jr. to give Ned Yost's best story about his dad? Or do you want Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s best story about Ned Yost? <laughs> Which one do you want, Bill? I mean, wow. <laughs> so do you, do you have much of a relationship with Ned or was it just your dad? Because I love Ned Yost. I feel like Ned Yost got a lot of crap that he didn't need to just because he was a small ball guy in an era that wasn't small ball when he won the World Series with the Royal. I love the bunting. I love the stealing. I love Ned. <laughs> Yost. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, is he was telling me, he was like, you know, I had, um, he's like, I had fans come to me on the fan days and be like, why'd you bunt in this position? Why did you choose to, you know, why'd you choose to do this in this moment? And he's like, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that I never called, if we did 60 bunts, I didn't call 10 of them, but, but 10 of them. He's like, the players use, I let the players go up there and really decide what they wanted to do in the moment. And, um, he's like, I had those guys on the, he's like, he's talking about the Kansas city team. He had them so tuned up and so self-aware of every moment and what was necessary that he really never had to really make the calls. He just sit back and watch it go. And they would decide what they want to do. And he didn't call for steals. He let everybody steal when they felt like stealing. And uh, things like that. So he's sleeping he old school, Dale. I mean, yeah, that's what he, he is. He wasn't sitting there, you know, giving signals and all those things. And he was just letting the players kind of do it themselves because he had that faith in them. Um, and he'd put them, he'd given them enough information and knowledge to be able to make those choices themselves. So it was pretty good information. I asked him why. So he, when he's sitting there talking to me, I was like, um, all right, you know, you're really talented very smart, just a, you know, almost a savant with, with, you know, baseball and his knowledge of every position and situation. Um, and he's really motivational. When you listen to him talk, he's, he kind of, he, he speaks in these, you know, he, he, he sort of speaks through lessons, right? He's, he's in, he's got sort of, you know, a, a great lesson around every, everything. And I was like, man, you're got, you got a lot left in the tank. Like you, you could be an asset somewhere, somehow, either motivational speaking or helping another organization in some sort of scenario as a bit of a coach, life coach kind of thing. And um, and you're so smart about the game that I don't know why you're not working. And he's like, it, I probably have some interest in getting back into it, but it'd have to be the perfect situation. So I always like to ask guys that. A lot of people we get to talk to are either retired or getting ready to retire. And I'm like, well, what's driving that decision, you know, and, and what would draw you back? What would be the one thing where you couldn't say no to? We're talking, of course, of all things, we're talking Ned Yost with uh, Taylor <laughs> Clark Jr. <laughs> who is, uh, who has written a book here. Um, Buster's trip to victory lane, a children's book. Uh, why'd you write the book, Dale? Well, um, I had two daughters that have really impacted my life. And I've wrote books about racing, books about me, and been involved in that multiple times. And they were, um, they were great experiences. And when I had children, you'll, uh, when, you, when you have children, one of the most convenient sort of gifts that you're going to get, if you're giving the gift, is a book. 
And so everybody gives you children's books. Everywhere you turn, there's books coming into the house, right? Uh, there's going to be a lot of new things that come into the house when, when, you're, when you're a new parent. But uh, get ready for the books. And there'll be multiple copies of certain books, right? And so as a new parent, you're looking at all these books. And, and before long, you've got a little miniature library. And you ain't got, and you're, you're, you got a two-month-old in a crib that doesn't do nothing but poop and eat and sleep. But you've got this big library of books ready to go whenever the reading starts. And so as they start, you know, if you're, you know, you're reading books to your child at night or, or uh, what, whenever it may be, they connect to specific books for whatever reason. And you've got a hundred books in your possession, but they want just this, you know, small one, two, three or four books and um, like there, you know, there's a book that uh, my four-year-old and uh, daughter Isla, you know, it's it's it. They have a book that becomes their favorite that they, for whatever reason, that's their story that they like. And when I was a little boy, Little Red Caboose was my story. Somebody gave me that book when I was really, really little, and uh, reading about the caboose being at the back of the train and how he saves the day. Um, as is, I, you know, I, I, I bought a copy of that book 10 years ago because I didn't have a copy and I thought I needed to have a copy in my possession. It's just like, you know, got to have it in the house. Want to read it to my kids one day if I ever have any. And so I found that really interesting, um, that kids connect to a specific book when there's sort of this wide range of, of options and, I thought, man, I want to, I want to try to approach that challenge of writing a book or, uh, that might connect to a kid someday and a kid that might be this, this book might be, you know, might mean something to somebody and impact somebody the way that, that, that books have impacted me and, and my own daughters. And so that was kind of the, when, when, when the, when our, when our uh, partners came to us that we'd worked with in the past, um, writing books, uh, they said, we want to do a children's book. I was like, that'll be a challenge. That'll be a fun challenge. You know, writing a book about your own experiences is it's a, it's tough to do, but it comes relatively easily. You've got the knowledge writing a children's book. Uh, they're, they're tough critics, you know, and they either like it or they don't. So, um, It'll be fun to see years down the road who comes up and says, man, this book, I had this when I was a little kid um, and I loved it. So uh, that'll be, that'll be the payoff, right? When we get down the road several, several years and and somebody comes up and says, man, I loved that book when I was little, make you feel old, but it'd also be a good feeling. (laughs) Dale's new book, Buster's trip to victory lane is available October 11th. Pre-sales available now on Amazon. I have a question for you because this is the point of my life that I'm at right now where I have a 16 month old. So we have a ton of children's books and I'm looking at the children's books and you said that you've written other books before and that you thought that this one would be a challenge is writing a children's book. I've seen a lot of children's books and thought I could write a children's book. There's like 18 words in this book. It's 20 pages long. How hard is it to actually write a children's book? Because what you're saying is absolutely right. 
kids have those books that they gravitate to. And those are the ones that will be selling copies for 40 years. And you look at the back and you're like, this book has 27 words and it's $18 and everybody's buying it. <laughs> so how hard is it for you to write a Kindred children's book? Billy Gill and Dale Earnhardt yeah. Jr. I mean, there it is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, some, you know, a lot of the books, uh, I think, to, you know, look, I'm no professional or expert, but I am a father and the those books with the fewer words are the books that you tend to try to read to your child when they are very, very young. And that is the ones that are going to most likely connect with them right away. And that'll be a book that they read in the first, you know, two, three, four years of their life. And my daughter, Isla, uh, will connect to a book much like my, my youngest daughter, Nicole, for those first handful of years, but then they move on, you know, to a little more complex story. And once they start to, you know, understand a, a storyline or, you know, feel the emotions of a story, they connect to these more complex um, books where the, where the words multiply. And, um, and that's kind of where we are. We're, we're, I'm, you know, I think with Buster's trip to victory lane, my daughter Isla is going to be five years old next year. And, and I think right now is a great time for her or me to be sharing this type of story with her. Um, and, and she, you know, hopefully connects with this around that age. Um, and so I probably won't be reading this to Nicole, who's, who's only one, but eventually I will. And, and, That'll be, I guess, the major test, right? Is if these these two, uh, my daughters, uh, are going to appreciate uh, a book that I actually was involved in, uh, uh, as opposed to you know the mini library that they have to select from. I'll be like, hey man, come on, uh, give this yeah. one a shot. You know, give this one a shot. You know, let's. You need the one. other books to slowly disappear and more <laughs> of yeah. to reappear. Yeah, just yeah. get rid of all the other books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Earnhardt Jr. with us. Uh, so how does a kid from Carolina become a Washington Commanders fan? When I was little, um, in the early, early 80s, there wasn't a football team in North Carolina. Right. And um, so a lot of people in North Carolina at that time, they some Falcon fans, but a lot of Dallas fans and a lot of Washington fans. And my mom... In 1981, moved to Norfolk, Chesapeake Bay, a massive Washington fandom in in Virginia. And so uh, I started collecting helmets and jerseys and all types of things as a kid during Christmas holidays from her. And um, I remember, I guess, the very first game that I remember paying attention to, or or, I don't know if we all remember the very first game we watched, but... Um, I remember the first moment I sort of went, wow, football is cool, was when John Riggins runs for a touchdown against Miami in the Super Bowl of 82. Like 44 um, yards or something. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And so that, um, that I remember watching that game and becoming a, a fan in that moment. I was, a, I remember that because, um, the following year, we uh, we went back to the Super Bowl against the Raiders and got destroyed, embarrassed. I'm sitting there in the living room, 10 years old, 
and sitting down thinking, wow, man, my favorite team that I just became a fan of 12 months ago is going to win another Super Bowl. And uh, my dad didn't have a favorite team, but he picked – he wanted to pull against uh, against my favorite team, right? So he pulls for the Raiders. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah. And I remember when Theismann threw a pick six. It was about a 10-yard line, nine-yard line. He throws a pick six um, uh, on the – on a out to the sideline and they, they jogged in. That was the end of, that was pretty much when I knew we were not coming back. Um, (laughs) Marcus Allen ran all over us, big gaping holes in the offensive line. Uh, I remember that night and it was rough because dad was cheering and I'm like, how are you cheering for this? You don't even like the Raiders. You're not a, you're not a, you don't have a team and you're like, you just like, (laughs) you're enjoying this too much. Yeah. Um, that was He's rough. enjoying your misery too much. He yes. did. He did. He did that on purpose. So you write books for your kids and he roots against you and you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Wait, am I understanding this correctly that you would get. Sc- so while you were driving, when you were racing, uh, your crew would update you on Washington commander games. Yeah. So I would sit there um, under caution, you know, the caution would come out and, I would ask my spotter um, because I knew that he was also looking at the scores to see how his team was doing. <laughs> um, he was a Buffalo Bills fan, and I'd be like, hey, man, what's what's going on with Washington? And he would either say, they're up by 14 or they're winning by they're winning big or you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Did it ever uh, cost you a race? Did knowing the update ever cost? No. <laughs> well, I can't say it. It absolutely affected the outcome but it certainly changed your mood which was probably not a good thing dale Earnhardt jr is with us uh i'm just gonna um this has been great we appreciate it but just a serious topic here because i know it's important to you uh, and you pay attention to the nfl we're down here in miami mm-hmm. uh you missed several races in your career because of concussions you've donated your brain to, to concussion research um and so I'm wondering, have you paid attention to the Tua situation and what have been your thoughts about all the, the dialogue about concussion talk in the NFL? Well, um, I have paid attention to it a little bit, but um, I feel like that the um, if, if I could step into the race car for a minute and, and into the NASCAR world, which I know, know very well, um, in NASCAR and in the NFL, as concussions have become more of a talking point, the protocols for trying to diagnose a concussion in the moment have 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 changed. They have they they were non-existent to yeah. to being there, right? Being uh, are they perfect? Absolutely not. Um, Everybody would say that safety is a long, you know, never-ending quest, and we should always be revisiting protocols and revisiting everything about safety uh, to try to always – you never can be satisfied with, with this, okay, here's our final solution. Uh, and I don't know that um, – I think that we just – we have to decide today going forward that the player or the driver – will never protect themselves. There may be that one rare instance where that driver 
gets a concussion and goes, I've got a concussion. Right. But for the most part, let's just all assume going forward that they are not going to protect themselves. And so that means that the protocols in place to protect them need to be heightened in awareness and alertness. And the neurosurgeons that are on staff or on hand or present in the moment need to be uber um, specific in trying to um, run a check on this individual. And so it, um, you know, because you're, as a driver, I don't think you're ever going to be transparent in that moment and say, maybe you don't don't even know, you know, a lot of younger guys that are, so I had, I had concussions in my twenties, but I didn't even know I had one. Sure. I only know now after understanding everything that, you know, once I, you know, once I got older in my late thirties and forties and really learned all this information and understand, okay, this is what that is. It dawned on me and I went, wow, you know, I had one back in this, at this time, at this time. But when I was in my 20s, your mind, your body, everything's really resilient. And a lot of times you may be concussed and not even realize it. And so not that, you know, <clears throat> you just can't, you know, it's, a, it's an unseen injury. You can walk up to somebody that's concussed and not even know that they are. And so the neurosurgeon or the person that's, that's assigned to uh, diagnose this needs to be uber aware that, you know, that person might not know they're concussed. They may be trying to mask the fact that they're concussed. And so that to me is the challenge. Uh, how do we get a hundred percent sure that we can diagnose every single concussion? I don't know if we'll ever get there, right. To be able to diagnose it right in the moment. Uh, we don't have that technology and I don't know that we have the ability to do that. But uh, I know that um, things get better. Think, you know, the, the, the treatment and the understanding of concussions has, 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 has improved just in the last 10 years significantly. And so we're always getting better. Um, and, and it sucks that it, it, it's unfortunate that sometimes the situations like we have had over the past week wake us up, you know, into hyper mode. Oh man, we need to, we need to get, do some more work here. We need to get better in this area. Um, but that's sometimes what it takes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just know that, you know, the drivers won't, you know, the drivers are not going to protect themselves. And every time I see a guy crash, you know, I get a little concerned that, sure. uh, boy, if there's a problem, I hope that somebody recognizes there's a problem uh, because I'm not going to I'm not going to de- depend on this driver to wave his hand and go, I got an issue. I need I'm really hoping that they're going to get a good look at this guy and, and 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 give him a good exam before they clear him to get back on the racetrack. And that's all you can hope for. Uh, very well said, my friend. We appreciate it. Uh, one more time here, uh, a new children's book. Dale has written it, Buster's Trip to Victory Lane. Uh, on the way out here, Dale, he's holding it up right now. Tell people what, whatever you want to tell them about. Sell your book, my friend. Go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, this book is a lot of little um, Easter eggs in it. Buster himself, that nickname was my dad's nickname when he was a little boy. 
Um, and so there's Jimmy Jam, which is a nod to our seven-time champion, Jimmy Johnson, and a great friend of mine. So there's all kinds of neat little um, connections that this book and I have. Uh, I think you'll enjoy the story. We hope that it's successful and we can, we can get a little series going. Uh, and Buster's going to help a lot of kids understand how to, how to manage, uh, manage the challenges of, of being, being a kid, you know, and, uh, and how to check your emotions and, and uh, do the right thing and all that. So we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And I hope that my daughters love it. That's the big deal. Try to get this thing home and, and get to reading this story to them and see if they can uh, have a connection to Buster. I'm sure they will because their dad wrote it. And uh, <laughs> Dale, you're a good dude, man. I got to tell you, like, I don't know how we do this because I know you got to run. You're on a tour, but I'd like to have you on again because you love football. We love football. You love Ned Yost. We love Ned Yost. And you and Billy are kindred spirits. I, I don't I know what it. we go through, but we want to have you on again. I'd love to come back on. I can sit and talk all day, man. Lots of fun. All right. We'll get in touch with your uh, with your people, man. We appreciate this. Good luck with the book. And thank you for the time, sir. Thank you. Nice talking okay. to you guys. Thank you, Dale. Stugatz. Yeah. I think that went well, but I, and I would like to say I'm proud of you for a number of things. I think, you know what? I think I have my top five things that I'm proud of you for during that interview. Really? Wow. Yeah. This is very uh, a rare okay. top five. Give Do me a second. Has anyone ever been proud of you for five things? Well, give me no. a second. Let me make sure <laughs> no. I have five. Certainly not five things in a 20-minute span, Mike. I mean, are you kidding me? Have you ever been proud of me at all, Mike? Ever. I'm sure there was a time. <laughs> that one time where you didn't leave me alone with a guest for 45 minutes waiting for you to get home or get off another podcast. Now I was proud of you then. <laughs> Mike, what's amazing about the fact that I left you alone with Mike Green for 45 minutes while I was recording. It was Dan Shaughnessy. Oh, you were with Shaughnessy? Yeah, Breen was Breen, where you pulled the Breen old was like 15 minutes, yeah. I left Breen you alone with Breen did for, the Jake yeah. Paul thing, yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. I did. Yeah, we interviewed Jay Paul. <laughs> we pretended my connection was bad with Mike yeah. Breen. Uh, but here's the thing. Mikey A was more upset about it than Mike Breen. <laughs> Mike Breen didn't care. Listen, me and Mike Breen connected. The we world. were right. We're me and Mike Breen connected. Right. Listen, Shaughnessy and I did not connect. There was a lot of, oh, let me run into the other room. And I turned off the, the camera and sat there and cursed you out. Oh, really? Oh, you pretend you had other shit to do? Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to grab this phone call real quick and see if this is him. And then I just I just turned off my camera and played on my phone and was like, fuck it, Stugatz. Listen, I'll write, I, I, I will apologize to Sean to see in five years when he trots out another 80 Celtics book, okay? <laughs> like, like he does. Every five years. Oh, come on. <laughs> what do you mean? Now Can you write a book about the Celtics and not have it take place in the 80s? No, is the answer. <laughs> no. All right, I have to keep trotting it out. He knows it's going to sell in Boston. I mean, you can write as many bird books as you want in that uh, in that godforsaken city, and they'll buy them all. All right, Bill, you have your top five list ready? Yeah, I have the top okay. five things I'm proud that you did or didn't do during that interview. Okay, this is very exciting. No one's ever been this proud of me ever in my entire life for anything. Um, all right, you want me to help you out here? Number five. Number five, you didn't make a bet with him. Ah, good. Yes. Yeah, first time, right? Yeah. I was thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, number four. Now, this one's related to what I know the bet would have been. You didn't ask him to drive his car. Oh, that would have been the bet. You're right. This Whatever bet was made, those that would, would have been, have been you driving right. his car. Yeah, right. It would have been either. Listen, Dale, if I win, I drive your car. And if I lose, you drive my car. Weird bet. 
It is a weird, a weird bet. bet. It's a weird bet. Either <laughs> way, you win. <laughs> I mean, would it be, would it not be great to have Dale Jr. drive you to work for a week? No, you know what you would need to to drive you to work for a week. He's like your chauffeur now. Like what? What is this bet? And clean your house. What is a bad this? one for Dale? <laughs> you know what you should do if you make a bet with him ever, which you won't. You right. should get him. I remember going back to, I think, the first time we had Jabba Chamberlain on. You get Dale to sign your dashboard and then claim that the car was Dale Jr.'s car. And then you, right. like, have it shipped up to, like, North Carolina and you see how much you could sell your car for. Done. Yeah. <laughs> You're always there for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. Number three, you didn't play a game along the lines of Dale or Fail. Oh, I had Dale or Bale all queued up, ready to go. I was going to ask about, like, you know, the everyday driver who revs his engine at a traffic light. (laughs) Earn heart or earn not. (laughs) (laughs) Earn heart or earn no heart. I mean, oh, wow. Earn heart or earn heart broken. (laughs) Save that for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Listen, he's coming on again and every week for the rest of time. (laughs) We're going to be fine. He's a friend of the show. Number two, Billy. You ask a good question about concussions. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yes. Proud you shot that did any sort of research. That's what well, it was, right? It was, it was mainly he had, he had a good answer, too. So it was a combination of the question-answer situation, yeah. Well, thank you, Billy. I can't, I can't believe there's one more left. This is amazing. Number one. You didn't ask him to bring a friend on to Zoom or what famous people he has in his phone. <laughs> All staples, and you didn't do any of them. It's, well, it's I, incredible. And so you're proud of me because I didn't do these things. But I think the audience likes when I do these things. No, but maybe you're right. I was going to ask him for Ned Yost, I swear. But then I figured, listen, even we can get Ned Yost. Yeah, don't own. don't waste <laughs> that favor on Ned Yost. Don't not, not yet. Not not yet. The Ned guy Yost. who was in a Jay-Z video. <laughs> you know who I saw that he's friends with when I was looking at his Instagram and I was going to ask him about, but I didn't. You know, the show The Floor is Lava. He's really good friends, apparently, with the host of the show The Floor is Lava on Netflix. Netflix. Really? Just wanted, yeah, just wanted to talk to him about that, see if he's ever going to be on it. Maybe we could be a team with him because you need three people. So right. maybe he hasn't thought about it and he wants to go and be on his friend's show. And you know what? Dale Jr. and Billy and Stu or Dale Jr. and Stu and Mike, yeah, whatever. We'll figure out who the combination is. But right. Yeah. I love that. So you were going to look like I'd something. be good at the floor is lava. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I could play the floor. <laughs> I think next time all we do is ask him for stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't offer to bring Aaron Rodgers on with him. That was the biggest (laughs) and the most empty of promises you made. It was like six in a row. It was like six in a row once. I was choking on fucking peanuts. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) That's not even the most ridiculous thing. I think think we No, the most ridiculous thing was a football star. No. Who? You called back to a football star. Oh, yeah. He's like, I played like for two years in high school. I think the first first time we had him on, I think we promised we'd get J. Cole on with him one time also. (laughs) He knows knows we're full of shit at this point. We've got nothing. The only surprise guest we'll have for him ever is Chris Cody. (laughs) 
and even la- last time we couldn't even lock that down. <laughs> Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.